0: Welcome to the CCF podcast. We're a campus ministry at Truman State University. This podcast features sermons from our weekly worship services. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. My name is Lydia Richard. I am a junior here at Truman State University. I am studying for my major in psychology and a minor in studio art, which I will be emphasizing in ceramics. Uh, Ceramics is actually what I will be discussing today, but before I do, I think I should introduce myself to you guys. So, normally in non COVID times, um, a speaker would show pictures of their family, but we are not in those times, so instead I will give you a word picture. So, at the top left of the photo is my father. He has brown hair. Um, that is actually going very gray. He likes to study religion and put googly eyes on everything, and he can actually talk to anyone about just about anything. Next to him is my mother. She loves to quilt. She is currently learning how to make lace um, and has always claimed to have eyes in the back of her head. I try not to question it. I believe it's real. Just in front of her is my older brother, Timothy. He also has brown hair, he likes to study law, and his recent hobbies are taking care of his new house plant that he named Pepperoni. Um, and he likes to do Japanese tea ceremonies to wind down his nights. Next to him is the favorite child of the family, my sister-in-law, Jenna. She is tall and has curly brown hair, and is almost perfect in every way, except she likes cheddar cheeses that are kept in the freezer. Um, again, I try not to question it and she also likes anything competitive. I am somewhere in this photo holding the cat who is the actual light of my life and brings me pure joy. I am average height, I would say, and I have blonde hair. I like to create things, talk about my feelings, drink lots of coffee. I am an Enneagram four wing five and a Myers-Briggs INFJ. Let me know if you want to talk about your feelings. I would love to. It would bring me pure joy. Also, the dog is somewhere in this photo, but she's probably barking at something or someone as she deems it her full-time job to do. So, you may ask, why did I choose my major? Well, the simple answer is that I chose to study psychology because I want to go into a career of helping others. I'm hoping that one day I will be a trauma counselor for victims of human trafficking. There's a lot to that, and I have no clue how that will play out. But that's not what I'm here to talk about today. I'm here to talk to you about my minor in ceramics. I chose to study ceramics because art has always been in my life and I honestly couldn't imagine going through college without doing it. I don't know what I'll do with ceramics after I graduate, but I know it brings me joy. After a long day or when I'm feeling strong emotions, I'm tired, overwhelmed, or in need of alone time, I like to go to the studio. That is where I feel the safest. I can focus my energy into something I can control. No one can tell me that what I'm creating is wrong, and at the potter's wheel, failure is acceptable. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the world of ceramics and what throwing is, most of what I do is take a mass of clay, anywhere from a quarter pound to 12 pounds, I then wedge it, um, which is kind of like kneading dough, so that I can get air bubbles out and prepare the clay to be put on the wheel. From there, I sit down at my wheel. I put just a couple drops of water onto the wheel so that the clay will stick. I put my clay down onto the wheel and begin the process of creating. Throwing takes a lot of focus and concentration and thinking and most of all, control over the clay and over my body. I must know what to expect from the clay and what it will need. I need to listen for when the clay needs more water or less water, when there's an air bubble to remove, when I need to make the wheel go faster or slower, when to pull the clay taller or compress the rim. I need to feel for areas that are too thick or too thin so that it won't wobble or topple over. I need to listen to my body for when it needs a break. Uh, When I need to study myself more, when I need to breathe and what muscles to tighten and maneuver, I must be at one with the clay. This is a process that has taken me years to get good at, and I am far from being perfect at it. Um, It is said that you're not a professional until 10,000 pounds of clay have passed through your hands. I'm not sure how much I've handled, but I know I'm far from 10,000 Yet, through all my experience that I have had, God has used it to teach me quite a bit. And that's what I want to share. Um, ceramics has helped me understand more of who I am as a creator, who was made by the creator. I want to read to you guys Jeremiah 18, 1 through 11. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, O house of Israel, If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck it up and break it down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intend to do to it, and if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight and not listening to my voice then I will relent of the good that I have intended to do to it. In this passage, we see a lot happening, but what I want to focus on is the creating and recreating of vessels. I mentioned earlier in the world of ceramics, failure is acceptable, and this has been so true for me. There have been times that I have made an absolute masterpiece that I loved, but it happens to crack, or there are bumps or it topples over or an air bubble forms or sometimes i'm throwing and midway through i change my mind and i scrap the whole thing but this is no big deal because whatever i've made goes to a place that i like to refer to as pot heaven it's also known as the reclaim bucket i throw the piece into a very large garbage bin full of water and clay and over time it turns into a sludge which is eventually put into a large mixer with other chemicals and minerals and made into clay once again for another project. It can be disappointing for this to happen, but I know that if I can make something once, I can make it again, and next time it'll be even better. In this passage, Jeremiah watches this happen. He learns that people can be changed through God's grace and that they don't have to stay the same forever. In fact, God wants them to change. Without God's grace, we are vessels, but we are filled with air bubbles, uneven walls, uncompressed rims, and cracks. When firing a kiln, it can actually reach up to 2,400 degrees Fahrenheit, which we like to call cone 10. Firing a kiln is a process that takes clay and permanently turns it into stone. If a vessel is put into the kiln with air bubbles, it'll explode. If it has cracks, they get bigger. Walls that are too thick or too thin will break. In ways that I'm not yet ready to share with the world, this has happened to me. My freshman year of college, I found myself saying, I'm a perfect vessel. I am fine on my own. I need no changing. I am ready for the intense heat and pressure of a kiln. Reality was that I was full of air bubbles and cracks, and my walls were uneven, my rim was wobbly, and secretly I knew I wouldn't last. I was making all the wrong choices, and when I was put under the heat and pressure of life, I absolutely crumbled. And yet, God, in his infinite grace and mercy, broke me down to dust once again, mixed me up, added a few things, took away a lot and shaped me into something completely different. It was a difficult, lonely, shameful time, and I still struggle with some of the lasting effects of it. But God continues to do this every day. He is shaping me into something new and better than before, but I must be willing to let this happen. You see, clay is made up of water and minerals, such as custer feldspar, silica, OM4 ball clay, gold art clay, and sand. And when clay loses all of its water, it turns this dusty, pale gray color, and it becomes very stiff and brittle, and there's nothing more we can do with it. We call this bone dry. At this point, we can either put the vessel into the kiln to be fired or throw it into the reclaim bucket that I mentioned earlier. In order to let God continue to shape me into the vessel he needs me to be, I must be okay with being put into the reclaim bucket in order to continue to soak myself in his words and spend time with him, or else I will become bone dry. I've been doing ceramics for approximately six to seven years now. In the beginning, I thought of it purely as a fun thing to do, but when I discovered the wheel, it felt as if I had unlocked a new level in the game of life. So much had just been made available to me. I learned how to make bowls, plates, mugs, teapots, tea sets, pitchers, jars, and so much more. Nothing was off limits. But over time, I got stuck in the mindset of making things for the purpose of functionality. After all, what's the point of something if it doesn't do anything for me? This past semester, I was given the prompt a grade. To make a set of pieces that were thrown on a wheel, taken off, altered in some way to make them no longer completely symmetrical, this prompt made me question everything. How do I alter something and still have it be functional? What purpose does a piece serve if it's not functional? Is it really worth anything outside of this grade? I didn't know what to do with myself. For two weeks, I messed around on the wheel trying to figure something out, but found absolutely nothing. I was unsatisfied with everything I made until I found a fork. I know, a fork. I would throw a concave cylinder, stop, scratch it with my fork in any way I pleased, and then proceed to shape the vessel as it spins on the wheel. This would cause the pattern of marks I had made to stretch out. And then I would put swirls into the vessel and sometimes cut into the vessel and attach it back together with a chunk missing. When I got rid of my understanding and worries of functionality and purpose, so much more became available to me. I was inspired to see where my mind would take me. I think the same can be said for our own lives. When everything is taken from us, our... Family, our home, our social lives, our achievements, and so on. The questions of who are we, what are we good for, what is our purpose, suddenly come marching to the forefront of our minds. This is out of worry that God will not take care of us and that there is not a better plan for our lives other than what we have planned. Through these past several years, God has been teaching me to let go of this to allow him to take me where he will and to enjoy the beauty that he puts in front of me. He is teaching me bit by bit, day by day, to say, it is well with my soul. Even when I am emotionally depleted, nothing in the world seems right and I have yet again faced loss. I know he is still with me, he still loves me the same, and I have not been forgotten. In the moments of pain come beauty, like a well-made vessel put under the intense heat and pressure creates a beautiful vessel. In much the same way, the people in my studio encourage me to go outside of the limits I put on my art, to explore what I can do when I take something away from my work, when I take away worries of functionality, purchaseability, I find organic abstract, exploratory, boundary-breaking beauty, and so, so much more. God is using this time to shape me into his likeness, to be the person he needs me to be even if I don't immediately see the purpose or the worth. I see his grace when he allows me to create, make mistakes, and recreate. He puts me through the firing kilns and I come out the other side better for it because he is with me through it all. I want to take this time to encourage each of you. Likelihood is that you have been faced with similar situations to mine. You have lost something or someone that made so much of who you are and you are trying to figure out what to do with yourself. Or you thought you had your purpose figured out but found out too late that you were full of cracks and air bubbles. I want to say that you are not alone. God still wants you as you are. The Bible is filled with people who have stories just like this. People who God refined into something better than they could create on their own. We can trust him. It is difficult in the moment when he is breaking us back down into dust when he is taking away what we deem necessary and adding what we deem unnecessary. But in the end, we come out better for it. And I'll leave you with this. In the words of my favorite ceramic artist, Simon Leach, keep practicing. Thank you.